Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. Good morning. Hope you guys are doing well. Thank you guys for watching online. Thank you guys for coming here this morning. Uh, Before we get started, again, I want to acknowledge a few things. Thanks to all the people who put this together. Thanks to those of you who donate and allow Genesis to continue. We are very, very grateful, appreciative, and want to acknowledge that also want to be praying for Jan, her daughter, many of you have seen on the email prayer list that goes out, attempted suicide. Um, she is at a, a place at a hospital in Downey. I talked to Jan yesterday morning, and it's exhausting for her and, of course, troubling. Thankfully, her daughter is alive, um, but pray for that situation that she is able to get to the help that she needs to get past this area in her life. Pray for Jan, her husband, Mike, and the exhaustion that they're going through right now, trying to find out what to do, being there for uh, Vanessa is her name. And so we want to be mindful of this situation of Jan, Vanessa, Mike, throughout this week. So let's pause and let's pray. Lord God, our hearts break when we hear stories like this. And Lord, there are so many other stories similar that break our hearts. We pray for Jan, for Vanessa, and for help in the situation that they're going through. We pray that you bring hope into Vanessa's heart, that she finds purpose in her life, that you inspire her by your Holy Spirit to see her life as valuable and as beautiful, that you'd help Jan as she tries to care for her daughter but struggles to know how. May you bring peace in her mind. May you bring rest for her body and wisdom as she presses into this difficult situation. We lift up Sue Benson, Lord, and her situation with the cancer. And again, our desire is for healing. And pray, Lord, that you would work in her life, in the family's life. May they be surrounded by people who love and care and are there for them. And Lord, we ask that this morning you would allow us to be open to receive the things you have for us, 
the things that are shared in the music, the things that are shared in the words by Brian. May our hearts be receptive to grow, to learn, to humble ourselves and recognize our need for more understanding of you and of life. We thank you for your example, Christ, that we follow in, and we ask these things in. Amen. Hey, guys. So, always fun, always a good day when I get to say that Brian's going to be our speaker today. So, welcome Brian on up, and he's going to share with us today. Randy says, do it or don't do it, you know? Do it. <laughs> can we clap it up for Randy, too? I know there's not a lot of us here, but can we, can we honor the, the worship leader that leads us every week? And Randy has, like, a gift that I wish I had, which is this ability to sing like there's a million people in the room and there's like five people in the room because when I if I've ever performed it's kind of been my downfall I expect there to be a lot of people and there's only two people I feel like there's two people and it changes some things you know like it changes it changes how I act you know (laughs) but yeah you have that you have a magic gift man and I I just thank you for your words hello come on that's my sister you can't tell it, she looks exactly like me in the face with hair. <laughs> All right, so um, let me uh, log in here and we'll get started. Thanks for coming, sis. All right, so I actually had a really hard time putting this together. And Sam asked us last week, he asked us uh, if me and Randy wanted to take a week in the following weeks. And I had a hard time thinking of the topic, so I sent them a few. They didn't really give me any good feedback. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But they, but the e- like I landed on this topic of ego, and I don't know if you ever went down the rabbit hole of ego before, um, but it's huge. It's so big. It's that, like, that's a, not even a pun, you know? The ego is huge, and it's like, it was, it was almost overbearing that I, that I had to, like, talk to Alex, and I was literally on Friday, hey, Jack, um, and, uh, <laughs> and it was so, I had to talk to Alex, and I said, why... Am I having such a hard time with this? And she's like, you just don't, you haven't explored it enough. And it wouldn't be wise for you to like, to basically talk about it if you didn't know enough about it. And she's like, what do you know enough about? And we just started chatting and she's like, there's nothing I've explored more and have dedicated enough more time to than the topic I'm speaking on, which is relationships. And I wanted to tie it in with something. So I, I tied it in with uh, asking better questions. So I'm exploring today the marriage between our relationships and good questions. So, uh, yeah. Oh, oh, do we need to... Nobody talked about the thing, the money situation. So thanks for everybody that gives. Um, and, and, yeah, there it is. So it's on, the, it's on the screen. If you want to give and continue to support, we thank you so much for the people that do, that don't even come, that aren't even here in the state, a lot of you, and you are um, donating. So thank you. Those are the ways you can. Old school mail. We got the Venmo, Zelle, and you can just drop off um, something in the building if you have a check. But, all right, that's the, that's the hard part. Now let's get into it. Uh, before I get into it, I just want to pray, center, center our hearts, and um, get in the right place. So, Father, we just thank you for everyone here. We thank you for those tuning in online, um, those that can't be in the building for physical ailments, and those that couldn't be here because um, they didn't want to walk into a building because of hurt um, in the past. And we just ask that wherever they are, that you meet them, God. 
that you come into this space in this room and that you meet us here today, that you calm my heart and my mind and that you may be able to speak through me, that you be the amplifier and I just be um, your, your mic, God. Speak through me. Thank you for everybody in this room. Thank you for waking us up this morning, allowing us another breath to learn, to be in your presence, and we welcome you into this space. We praise all in your son's name. Amen. All right, so I want to ask a question. I know this thing is called asking better questions, but a question that I want to resonate through this whole talk is, what is the best question someone's ever asked you? So I'll give you a quick second, because that's a big one. Because also understand that could be situational, based on maybe you had a you were hungry for a week and somebody offered you a hamburger. That's a really good question. But also, I know there's questions that somebody, a coach, or a mom, or your dad, or a sister, or your spouse, or your partner, somebody in a grocery store said something that potentially may have changed the trajectory of your life and sticks with you as a mantra almost of um, how you live, right? For me, when I was making a big decision or even a small decision, my mom would recognize that and she would say something like, Brian, um, what is most important right now? You know, she, that, that was her question. And that question for my mom is different from that question if any of you asked me because she knows me different. She's exploring things in me that she knows to be true, which is I'm erratic, impulsive, I make decisions way too fast and things that I need to get paid off right now. And she also is, there's another teaching in there. She's also saying something like, if you focus on what's important now, your desires will be revealed to you. And that's in a question, you know, and whatever question you're thinking of in your head right now, I'm sure it has similar layers. There's, and the reason that has similar layers is because the person that asked you or, um, what you've given it has a relationship to you. And there's no other reason it could carry weight. Relationships and asking good questions are married. There's no other way around it, right? And I googled a few of famous first words by humans. And amongst those words are mommy, daddy, ball, bye, hi, no, woof, woof, vroom, vroom, banana. And the big one is Why? Why? It's a, the most basic of questions, right? Our, our genuine primal intuition. It's like this, like we can't, we couldn't help it if we wanted to. And it's also, why is a great question based on the situation. Uh, a lot of you know if I'm not writing poems or taking pictures that I'm in part-time sales and probably the most aggressive environments known to man, car sales. And in car sales... When someone has picked out a car, or maybe not picked out a car and they want to give it a thought, or maybe they picked out the perfect car and they don't want to buy a warranty or an accessory, they teach us, they train us to ask why. And why do you think they have to train us to ask why? It's because we're no longer as inquisitive as we were as children. And that's not even an accident. I mean, we're raised through a system that basically teaches us to listen, but not ask or if we get to the point where we're teaching, we're teaching without listening. So little do we know that we're being taught that conversation, that asking questions, that interaction and relationships is not as important as we thought. We're, we're taught that we gather information, that we have tools that could teach us and give us information in a heartbeat, but we no longer 
and meeting with people and learning who they are and how, how we can learn from them, right? There's this, this acronym that we use at, um, at CarMax. It's called Mr. Ben. Mr. Ben, M-R-B-E-N. And M-R stands for make a recommendation. B list means benefits. E, empathize. N, N is normalize. And you cannot effectively make a recommendation, list a benefit, empathize, or normalize, unless you've earned the right to make a recommendation, right? Earn the right to list a benefit. Earn the right to speak into their situation. It's impossible to effectively do any of this stuff without a relationship, even if that relationship is 10 minutes. And there's a thing that I was taught at CarMax that sticks with me forever. The right question at the wrong time is still the wrong question. And I feel like we've kind of done this in the church for a long time. And a lot of us that were raised in the evangelical church especially, we've been taught that, um, we've been taught the method. And a lot of us were taught a, a really cool method with no bad intentions. Meet people where they are. We were to emphasize the message of Jesus, to normalize the message of Jesus, and to meet them, um, and, to, and to spread the Jesus message in that way. With no real relationship, with no real, with no real time spent. And again, with no bad intention, but I think there's something that I, while I was writing this, there was something that came to me, and it was like, words don't have to change with intention, but the outcome can, can definitely change if the intention's different. So like if somebody says, I love you, if my mom says I love you, or do you love me, depending on who asks you that, could change the, could change the outcome. So... My mom asking me or an ex-girlfriend manipulating me, using the same exact words. And I think this is why relationship is important because the words are menial, um, just kind of, they're, they're a, the way we use to transport our intention to the other person, right? So God uses, I think, intention even deeper than he uses words. There's like a, there's like a magic trick there, right? So, earning the right to speak into the relationship. I remember during our last Unfiltered, which was like conversations we had around a topic, me and Adilio got paired up, and he's not here to defend himself, but I miss him, and Adilio, if you're watching, I had an awesome conversation with Adilio, and we were talking about faith, and I remember I asked Adilio, um, so what do you think about this? It was a question that it was. It was probably like, I remember one being, if you were talking to an alien, how would you describe faith, right? And Adila goes, that's easy, right? He said, that's, I remember him saying that, that's easy. And he starts going. And then as soon as he said something, I go, well, what about this? Well, that's easy, you know? And I think we, and that's not to say that Adil doesn't know or that he, that, that is what's easy in his brain to explain. But again, without the relationship, without the the time spent, without the time I get to hang out with you guys, we, we were able to, everybody in this room I've, I've shared lunch with or time with, and it's the, the amount of depth that happens when we get to sit down and talk. It's not, we're not even talking about the thing anymore. It's almost like transcends the, the thing, you know? God's like using our relationship to, to, to download like this new information that like he needed to give us, you know, that day. And it, w- and it can only happen through, through questions in relationship. Um, asking better quest- questions also changes how you answer questions. You know, asking better questions makes you aware of how to answer better, 
You know, like you're no longer just someone says, how's your day? Fine. If that person actually cares about to know your day, you might be fully aware to be able to answer in a way that might draw them to start a conversation with you. And why is it important to ask better questions? It helps you be present. Um, they hold accountable. They, they hold you accountable to your question. They hold you accountable to learn as well. Accountability holds weight and depth, and that also leads you to meaningful relationships. It's the art of inquiry, right? Um, plus active listening skills. Everybody knows somebody that asks a question so they could talk. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like, I have a, somebody came to mind instantly when I said that. They, they ask so they could talk about what they want. It's no, I don't, I don't even want to talk about intention at this point because I, I don't know what their intentions are. I just know that it's, it feels wrong to the listener. It feels like I, I'm not cared about. It feels like that they, they didn't want to get to know me. There was no real um, meaning behind the question rather than they just wanted to speak. And I recognize that sometimes. And if you're in a, the right capacity, sure, allow somebody to, to, to speak and, and, and share. But the, the point of that is it's like we, we've, <laughs> we've, and I say we've, the church has stolen question asking for an agenda. And a lot of this was inspired by Sam's talk last week when, when somebody asks you or if you were asks you what a Christian is or evangelism is, like it's such a large concept that we shouldn't be able to answer just like that. It'd be like explaining your favorite song, he said, or um, we even said like when drummers try to explain a, a line, they might say something like, well, do that. They don't, they have a hard time explaining it. So it's so big, you know? And, and when someone asks us, what is a Christian? It should be a hard question. And we should also be okay or normalize the idea of asking, why are you asking that question? That's a good place to start. I think asking, why are you asking me, what is a Christian? It's not a bad, it's not a bad place to go. You know what I mean? And um, Jesus asked some, some really great questions. And query was like a big part of his teaching met- methods, right? There was some amazing questions asked in Scripture. And... Before I, I, I run through them, I, I listed like a few of my favorite questions, and there are some amazing questions, and I, what's up, let me, <laughs> oh, what's up, my friends came through, that's Nelson and, and Nat, say hi guys, hey, <laughs> oh, and Maverick's here too, that's my, that's my nephew, all right, so Jesus asked some questions, and um, before I get into the questions, I want you to think through, as I'm listing them, the depth and the relationship that Jesus or God or the enemy had to the people and why the questions hold weight. I know it's a big question, right? So it's like, for example, in Matthew 16, 5, and this is a famous question and many sermons written about it, who do you say I am, right? The crowds, um, Jesus was asking his disciples, who do other people say I am, right? And he goes, well, they... Who do, who, do, who do other people think the Messiah is? And they were basically like, well, naming a list of people that were famous at the time and that were making an impact. And, his, and Jesus' answer to them was, well, who do you say I am? Right? And I think the powerful question only holds weight because of the relationship with them. He was really asking them, he was really asking them like, like it didn't really matter what everybody thought. 
Like, who do you say I am? Who do you, the person I spend all my time with, the person I invested time with, who do you say I am? I think that's, that question can only hold weight. And then think about that question if they didn't have a relationship. Think about it if a stranger were to ask you, or Jesus were to ask a stranger, who, who do you think I am? I don't know. It doesn't matter. The relationship adds the weight to the question. And this is, and this is what I want to get to when we're talking about the marriage of relationship and good questions. The next one I wrote down was Matthew uh, 16.5. Matthew 14.31, where Peter was walking on water and says, you have little faith, why do you doubt? It was like Jesus was saying, why or how can you believe in me and know that I am capable of, of this and still fail to trust me? Another great one is in Genesis 3.9. It says, where are you? Where are you? God asks right after they... They take a bite of the apple. He says, where are you? And is he really asking, where are you? God made this garden. He's not asking, where are you? He's asking, where is the you I created? Where, are, where is the you I made, right? And the reason he can ask that question is because the relationship. He made them. He knows them. He knows where they are. He knows where they are physically, mentally, spiritually. And he can ask a question like, where are you? Um, Jesus 3.1, he said, the serpent in the garden, did, you, did God really say, not eat from any tree? The enemy's attacking their identity and desire. The same thing happens in the desert in Matthew 4.1. He, he, he implies in, in, in statements that he asks Jesus, what is your desire? Who are you? Your identity? These are common themes. Um, am I my brother's keeper in Genesis 4.9? Am I my brother's keeper? That's a good question. Right after Cain kills Abel, he tries to relinquish responsibility and says, am I responsible for him? Like, am I supposed to take care of my brother? Like, it's, I'm, I'm just here, you know? Like, that, that's, there's a loaded, a loaded bunch of things in that too. And if you go down the depth of what he's really saying, I think it goes crazy. And I think this is why these questions are so big and why they've been used so many times. Um, Job's wife has a, has a crazy one. He, she says, are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. While talking to, while you're talking to Job, his, she's basically telling Job, "You've been wrecked by God, justifiably so. Go ahead and why are you still upholding your integrity with God? Go ahead and curse Him. Go ahead and and, and show God how you really feel." And then obviously, if you rev Job, it goes to the end, and and God drops the mic with, "Where were you when I laid the foundation?" Another big question. Where were you, Job? Where were you? How did you come up with the idea that you thought you were going to be big enough to, to make these decisions on your own, to, to, to show vengeance against me, right? Another one, whom shall I send and who shall go for us? Isaiah 6, 8. And this is typically connected with like mission trips. Um, but this is also talking about God was talking to Isaiah about going out to the Israelites and the Israelites were part of his community. They weren't in Africa or Haiti, and that's another story, but we don't talk about that right now, but go on. Um, so I can go on, and I listed a few others, but the point of this is that none of these questions could hold weight without the relationships to the other. Could you imagine Jesus asking a perfect stranger who he was or a stranger tempting Jesus the way the enemy did without knowing the capabilities of the enemy or asking Peter why he sank or why he doubted without the relationship with Peter? Like, imagine, imagine how different the stories would be. Like, imagine how, 
It wouldn't even be the same Bible. You know what I mean? Like, it wouldn't even be the same, wouldn't even be the same weight without the relationships. It would, it would be like, it would be the most boring story I've ever heard in my whole life. And, and I think if we're honest with these, with these questions and with the stories, it, the relationships and the questions like lead us to, to being better us, the better selves. They want us to, to get to know Jesus by asking more questions and like getting to know people. The way that we're learning God, the way that I do learn God is through you, through the time I spent with you guys. And um, it's not always in the church. Hardly ever it is. I mean, I think I spend so much more time with you outside of here that it's like the, the relationships that are being built are, are so powerful and, and none of them are apart from questions and relationships, right? So I, I skipped a, a, a part, which I want to I wanna run back to. When I was at, at CarMax, part of my, my intentionality, uh, the reason I feel God put me there was to build relationships with the people. I think that's kind of where he put, why he put us in anywhere, right? And um, the, the intentionality that I have with my customers and my coworkers have led to some really, really cool relationships, really cool friendships, one being my, my good friend, Alan. And go ahead, Gil, if you want to go ahead. And I made a little slideshow of Alan. This old gentleman came in one day, and he... Lost, somebody stole his 68, 69 Camaro from his front yard that he babied, and he was looking for a new car. There's Alan in front of this building trying to convince him to go to church. He has no part of it. He wants no part of Jesus. But <laughs> we um, spent a lot of time together. Um, this is him behind, at lunch, behind a glass. And I want to show you a short video. It's going to play after this picture. And I want to talk about Alan a All right. What's the farthest you would go back and what's the thing you would change? You had one shot right now. I said, Alan, I could shoot you back anywhere in history and you could change one thing. What would it be? Well, I fell in love once with somebody I was working with at, uh, when I was an assistant buyer at the Warehouse Records. And it was love at first sight. What was her name? Mary Scarborough. Okay. And you, what would you do different? I'm not sure what I could do different, differently because she didn't feel the same way about me that I felt about so her. So you did everything right. What would you change? Can't change her feelings. That's how she felt. What would you do different? You would uh, asked her out earlier or what would you do? I don't know. That's hard. I, we, um, we were both working late one night, and there was only two other people in the building. We were downstairs, two people upstairs, and I got up my nerve and kissed her. And she said, Alan, you're a good kisser, because it was really a nice kiss. Yeah. And then I asked her out, and she turned me down. You went full-blown kiss or just a little peck on the cheek? A, a French kiss. Oh, you, mean, went, you went full-blown. You went, you grabbed her face and everything. You didn't, you didn't just, you didn't just, you didn't just, you, you didn't just peck her in the, in the cheek. You oh, didn't, no, hell no. You gave her the Allen special. I gave her the Allen special. Yeah, there you Tongue go. Tongue and everything. Dang, okay. And she said, and she didn't resist. 
she kissed me right back and said, Alan, you're a good kisser. And I said, how about going out with me? I'm crazy about you. And she said, I just got over a relationship. No. <laughs> so that, that's Alan right there. And me and Alan are going on a three-year friendship. Um, Alan and I, for, our, for a lot of reasons, should not have been friends. Um, there's a huge age difference. We don't, we don't talk about the same things. Alan doesn't have a cell phone. Alan doesn't have internet. His TV has three channels. He still listens to cassette tapes. Alan, when I met Alan, he had a, the only thing he could talk about was his cat Bootsy and his best friend Lucy, who both have passed this, this year. And I have now become his um, emergency contact uh, his his lone friend. I've I've gathered up a few people who were able to write him letters, which is really cool. Um, so there's, he has some pen pals within my friend circle, and and the reason I bring Alan up is because he is evidence of what I know God is trying to do through questions and relationships, through intentionality. He's evidence in my life of what it looks like when you are intentional with. Um, the gifts God gave you, that there is nothing wrong with going out to a park, talking about the salvation message to strangers, but there's a very different and clear difference when you spend time with somebody that society says you shouldn't be friends with or that you maybe made a decision a long time ago that you're not going to like people like that or that the church said they they're not valuable or they're not welcome here. When you choose to make a decision to see people for who they are, where they are, there's something magical that happens. And I think this is, for me, what I read in the gospel, right? So some questions to think about. What is, what is a question you need to ask to a person or a group of people you've been avoiding? So maybe first think about, is there any group of people you've been avoiding or a person you've been avoiding. Maybe that's someone in your life, someone close to you. Maybe it's a group of people. For me, for a long time, it was the police. I had a really bad experience, a few bad experiences with the police growing up, and it led me to not to think all police were bad. And I had to get over that on my own. You know, um, Why have you been avoiding them? What's stopping you from understanding them? I think that's a big one. In uh, 1994 to 2004, a TV sitcom would break records um, as the most TV sh- viewed TV show in history. They had the largest advertising budget. They won Emmys, uh, top 50 greatest TV shows of all time, fifth of Empire's Magazine. Um, 1997, the one episode of the year, TV Guide's 100 greatest episodes of all time. And they've broken records up to this date. And that show is simply titled Friends. Six buddies doing life together, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the world ate it up. You know? It's what we crave, conscious or unconsciously, we desire relationship. But we don't like the work. We're looking for genuine connection and all that comes with it without the hard talks, the difficult questions, and it's not possible. Like, I'm a living, me and Nelson are living kidney donors. This is our connection. We had a little podcast that never got off the ground called The One Kidney Club. (laughs) And I hope it it, it transpires. But um, I advocate for it. I believe in it. I've done it. I'm a part of it. 
But I also don't go around showing people my scars. I don't go around talking to people about kidney donation if that's not the topic we're talking about. I don't, I don't think that if I still think Sam's talk about what is a Christian is, is kind of what we're always going to be talking about. But I also don't, if there is a thing that says what is not a Christian, I don't think a Christian is a person that only talks to people about Jesus. I think they talk to people about people and Jesus comes through because he's there, he's present and he's in this, you know, it's, I don't, I think there's a, because when I talk to people and they find out I am Christian, they, they might say something like, well, I didn't, I didn't think you were like that or something. They, they might use a statement like that. And I didn't think, I, I didn't think you were that closed-minded. I even got like a lot of negative things on it before. And I'm like, well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about what that looks like. Let's talk about what Christianity is and, and who started this and, and let's explore together. And the people willing to do that are a lot of these people in this room with me now. And a lot of people in my life that like Alan, because me and Alan hung out two days ago for lunch, right? And he said something. He said, I have never told another man I love you and I told you I loved you. He told me that. And, and he says, where I grew up in the Navy and growing up, it's, it would automatically think people would think something about me, and I didn't want that to happen, right? And that opened up a whole other book of worms about, about things I probably, not, I'm not going to bring up now, but that aren't relevant, but it was three years of friendship for him to be able to explore what love meant to another man, another person, out loud, Three years of us having lunches, me going to his house, taking him to doctor's appointments. Three years of me even being able to bring up Jesus without him being growled up. You know, like this is, this is the work that I think is required of us in, in all of our relationships, with all of the relationships in our life. You know, Maverick, for the rest of his life, this baby will be looking at you for answers, and it is not going to be, uh, uh, none of them are going to be quick. You know, they're going to be life lessons, and you guys weren't here earlier, but I was bringing up a question my mom asked me when I was younger that still resonates with me today, right? So, social media, I know, Maverick, it's tough, bro, it's tough. So I pray we become more like Jesus in the way we run towards relationships that will lead us to questions, that lead us to understand um, more love and patience. Relationships are not easy. The real ones, they take time and patience. But what I gather from Scripture, this is, this is what God and Jesus meant when he said love other people. I'm going to end with a Leonardo da Vinci quote that my friend posted on his Instagram the other day. Patience is bitter, but the fruit is sweet. Listening Intentional questions, relationships, all require patience and love. It can be bitter, but the fruit is sweet. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. I thank you for giving me the message. I ask and pray that it um, speaks to us later, even, um, to those listening later, that it touches them in a way that I didn't even understand, and that's how you work, God. I pray that you be with us today. Pray for peace in our hearts and understanding. Um, even beyond peace, I ask that you put something in there that we can wrestle with today that would lead to more questions, that would lead to deeper understanding. I pray for divine connection and relationships with the people that we didn't even think about um, getting to know. There's someone that you'll cross later today. There's someone that 
you stayed away from your whole life for whatever reason. There is a family member that you can't stand. Um, there's a neighbor that you avoid. And God, I pray that there's interaction, capacity, knowledge that you break down and reveal to us in our hearts, our biases, that you use us to be love, that you use us to be more like you and that the world sees you because of us and our willingness to love other people. We thank you for this day and we love you. Pray this in the most holy name of Jesus. Amen. I think so. I have to do the Sam outro. May you find peace. May you meet people today that you can um, speak to and find um, comfort in as well. And we just thank you for coming out. For those of you that are online, we welcome you to come next week. Um, For those of you that are here, welcome you to stay for a conversation with us. And it's the best part, I think. So, all right. Have a great day. God bless you guys. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.